MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome to First Strike, First Look, right here on Visa. And I'm your host, Dave Ross, and we're going to catch up with Jordan Sherwood from ESPN Chicago. Follow him on Twitter, as I do, at Woodon1063. Jordan, welcome to the inaugural First Strike, First Look, as we take a sneak peek ahead at UFC 270, of course, in Ghana against Gan at the Honda Center in Anaheim, California, this Saturday night on January 22nd. It's the first Big one of the year as it is a double uh, main event here with two title fights on the line here with Francis Agano, of course, against Cyril Ghan and then Brandon Moreno against Davison Figueredo in their trilogy bout. But let's start right off at the top, Jordan. And again, we went through three weeks with no UFC to cross over from 2021 to 2022. Had our first card, a really good one last week. But now we get the big one. We get the first pay-per-view of the year. And people, when they look at the heavyweight matchup, Maybe for the layman out there, they go, Francis Ngannou is an underdog against Cyril Gan. Jordan, how can that be? Yeah, yeah, and it, it's surprising because it's continued to trend that Cyril Gan is even a bigger favorite. I mean, I'm seeing lines now as upward of a dollar seventy-seven to lay down for Cyril Gan to become the unified champ uh, and, and stop this freight train of, of Francis Ngannou. It's it's shocking for me, but I do believe. You know, when we chat later in the week, come Friday, even come Saturday, you know, day of fights, it's going to be closer to a pick because I think the public's going to realize, like, I can get Francis Ngannou, a guy <laughs> that's won 11 wins in the UFC, all of them in the first or second round by knock. I can get that freak at a, at a dog or pick them money. I'm all in on that. So I, I think that that's the trend we're likely going to see. But it it's shocking to me still that the amount of respect that Cyril Gaon is getting here early on in fight week for two, UFC 270. It's a great point. And Jordan, this is, of course, our exercise as we try to really enlighten our viewers and our listeners, certainly here on First Look for First Strike. And we will have First Strike coming up, as you mentioned, on Friday here on VEASAN. But the point of this exercise really is, is to try to find that value, right? So to your point about Cyril Gaon now, minus 150, and Gano, as we talk here on a Tuesday, is plus 130. So it's almost like depending on which side you like, right? If you like Cyril Gaon, hopefully you got that at a better number, which was minus 110, pick him uh, a couple of weeks ago when this fight was first, uh, the lines first came out on it. And now, as you mentioned, Cyril Gaon, a much bigger favorite, minus 150. So you think if you're if you're a fan of the Predator and you're really thinking Ganu is going to prove to be still the baddest man on the planet, you would advise the people almost to wait 
until we get closer to fight night for this number to come down. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that because, like, yeah, sure, his price right now to win the fight is plus 130, plus 135. But I've seen the prop bets, you know, the win by TKO at plus 145. Wow. Like, how's Francis Ngannou going to win this fight? He's not, <laughs> I, he's not going to win by decision. Like, no. he's not, unless unless you get that awful fight that we had a couple of years ago with him and Derek Lewis. We're just, like, staring at each other dancing. <laughs> like, you know, it's a junior high dance and they're not touching each other. Like, but, I mean, so so Francis Ngannou is going to win this fight because he's going to stop Cyril Ghosn. So you get a little bit more juice on uh, or more value on that here today, and I think you will come later in the week. Um, but right. Look, I'm a fan of Cyril Ghosn and, and I think you got to like probably wait now on him mm-hmm. to get a little bit more of a value because just so many people are up to speed on what this guy has accomplished thus far in his UFC and mixed martial arts career. And they're remembering now, like the dude moves like a welterweight and he's 248 pounds. Like it's amazing that we've got this type of caliber athlete, uh, you know, in a title fight and a title fight against a guy like Ngannou. So yeah, I guess my advice would be like Ngannou prop now. Right. Uh, but if not, then probably like wait, because I think those numbers are going to change dramatically as we get closer to fight night. It's, it's a great observation talking with Jordan Sherwood of ESPN Chicago and Jordan again, to that end, if you do like gone to win other than KOTK or DQ, which is plus 200 right now, again, right now you got to lay minus 150 for him just to win this five-round fight. However, he might get that method of victory. But if you think he wins by decision, which is very interesting, it's plus 275. Because to your point, Ngannou is not winning a decision fight. I, I just There's no way in a five-round fight that Francis Ngannou outlasts Cyril Gan to win that decision. And if you think that's the case, uh, that right now is plus 1,000 in Ngannou <laughs> by decision. So you yeah. can understand why those numbers are are so uh, astronomically uh, large in that way. So if you think Ngannou can go the distance, let's talk about the over-under in this fight because it is two and a half right now where it's set. The over is minus 110. The under, slightly juiced to minus 120. So again, this gets into that method of victory and kind of the fight script that you and I talk about on first strike. How we see this fight going. If you're a fan of the Predator, I have to assume you may like the under and that Francis would have to get this done quickly and maybe if you're a fan of gone, you might favor the over thinking he's got to stretch it out and avoid the big shots early in the first 10 minutes of the fight. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly how I would, would handicap it. I mean, Sergan is a point fighter. He's a counter striker. He's going to, you know, faint, you know, dip and move. So likely he's going to look to, you know, uh, win the fight in the later rounds. Francis Ngannou, you know, albeit he, he, he looked a little bit more, um, I guess, tentative or, just prepared for his last time against Stipe Miocic where he was, you know, he was waiting for his moment and then he found it and he, he put the lights out on, on one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. But if you remember like the fight against Gerard Rosenstruck, like Francis Gano was like, F it. I don't want to be here anymore. And he just like <laughs> ran towards right. Rosenstruck and just knocked him out. Like, so what, and, and the other thing that we have to mention now, even today, and it's going to be even more of a storyline come, come, you know, closer to fight night with these two guys is, the Nganu like contract negotiations yes. or lack thereof. He wants more money. He wants his deal renewed. He doesn't want to make $500,000 to show up. He wants to be paid $10 million or he's going to, you know, quote unquote, go, uh, you know, box and, and maybe get a boxing match with, with Tyson Fury. And that, look, that's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure on a fighter because he's going to put, he's putting all his chips, you know, uh, on the table. Uh, he's all in. And, and Francis Ngannou loses this fight. He's got nothing to negotiate with, with the UFC. 
in, in that regard, trying to get a new contract or a contract extension. I think that's a great point. And, and very quickly, you know, last week uh, I saw I had Giga uh, uh, Chikatsa here and I was a loser in that fight. And you saw him, you know, kind of squabbling a little bit and back and forth on Twitter and really wasn't talking about the fight as much. And I think it's a good point that I think some people think Ngannou is distracted. And it's hard not to be distracted when it's your livelihood and you've already come on record saying, even if I win, even though I have one more fight on my contract, I'm not going to fight in the UFC anymore. So that has to weigh into your handicapping just a little bit out there, people, if you're backing Francis Ngannou, because Cyril Ghosn is just thinking about one thing, and that's Francis Ngannou. It feels like the Predator has other things on his mind, and I'm not saying he shouldn't. It's just hard to separate business from what you actually have to do in your profession here, and that is try to beat Cyril Ghosn, who is undefeated at 10-0, and Ganu comes in at 16 and three. Let's get to the co-main event. And my goodness, and you go down from the heavyweights all the way to 125 pounds. It's like two different worlds that you're walking into when you look at Brandon Moreno against Davison Figueredo. But this should be another spectacular fight. The first fight was a draw. The second time Brandon Moreno gets the stoppage to become the champion, 125 pounds, as he now tries to defend that crown. And right now he's a strong favorite to do so. At minus 180, the comeback in Figueredo is plus 155. All these odds, by the way, given to you that I give today are by DraftKings here on a Tuesday. These are subject to change, obviously, as we get closer to fight night. But to, what do you make of that, that Moreno, in what was a razor-thin decision, depending on how you saw it the first time around, but it officially was a draw, and then the second time Moreno withstood the power of Figueredo to ultimately get that stoppage. What do you make of the odds right now at minus 180? Yeah, I, I think they're accurate. I mean, because Brandon Moreno completely humbled Devison Figueredo in, in in the second fight. I mean, Brandon Moreno was slick. He was in and out. Uh, and then, you know, he gets the, the submission uh, stoppage. So, you know, Brandon Moreno rightfully, you know, should be in place as uh, the, the the favorite because I think of the, the, the body of work to get to the championship, you know, that his victories over Brandon Roybo and Esquario Formiga and Kaikar France. And, you know, even, even a guy that likely shouldn't have been released from the UFC after he lost to, you know, Alexander Pantoja, just because like they didn't really know what they wanted to do to the division. And, you know, also, you know, you look into, you know, his headlining fight against Sergio Pettis way back when I think there was too much pressure on the young fighter. Now mm -hmm. he's coming to his own and look, there's a lot of question marks about Devison Figueroa about his future. You know, the pictures have come out this week. He looks shredded. He looks like the, he'd be in the best shape of his career. But we've seen that this guy is likely like a round, round and a half fighter. And if you can't get somebody out, out and out quick, uh, he's in trouble. And Brandon Moreno, what does he do best? You know, he he walks through the fires you just alluded to, and then wins the later round. So I think. We'll probably get in this fight at the right time. I'm happy they made the fight, the trilogy fight right away, and it make Figueroa kind of like re-earn his position. Mm -hmm. um, but Brandon Moreno should absolutely be the favorite. Uh, if it trends a little bit higher, I, I don't think that that's appropriate. I don't think that he should be like a $2 favorite, but I think $1.75, $1.80, that's appropriate, uh, especially come today you know, when we're looking at the fight. Could change come weigh-ins. You know, if, if Figueroa looks drained or he look, doesn't look like he had a good weight cut, Moreno probably should get a little bit more money on him uh, for, for the fight on Saturday night. If you believe in history repeating, Brandon Moreno to win by sub to do it again is plus 275. So, again, right now minus 180. If you think he can get the stoppage again, that would be a much better price tag. Moreno to win by decision right now here at DraftKings plus 225. And I think a lot of people, according to the betting odds here, don't think he can get the knockout of Figueredo to win by KO, TKO, or DQ is plus 400. 
So let's flip that script and look to the challenger here, Figueredo, in his method of victories. And Jordan, I think they're kind. Of, there's one clear-cut path, right? And it does feel like the hands that he'd have to get. But what's interesting here, to win by decision or for Figueredo to win by a TKO, KO, or DQ are almost the same. Plus 400 KO, TKO, DQ, plus 450 by decision. They don't think they can get a sub here, plus 900. What would be your best method of victory if you wanted to hop on the challenger? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to have to be stoppage. I, I mean, I'm not going to weigh either way because he's got, what, nine wins by knockout and eight by submission. So 17 of his 20 wins in his MMA career have come by stoppage. But, you know, if you recall in the first fight, uh, you know, Figueroa was deducted one point uh, in the third round, I believe, mm -hmm. because of a groin strike. So that led to the majority draw. Figueroa probably would have won that fight. So. I think you go back to the challenger and you go back to who Brandon Moreno is and, and all likely a guy that's not going to get finished, not going to get stopped unless he like gets stopped early in the fight. He's going to be able to weather that storm. So I actually wouldn't mind looking at uh, Figueroa via decision just because of the heart and the toughness that Brandon Moreno. But I think only for that to happen, like Figueroa is going to have to like hurt Moreno early in the fight and then kind of like cruise to a victory. I don't see him going to war again, like he did in that, uh, you know, in, in that round, round and a half, two rounds, whatever it was in that second fight, because that's a bad recipe for Figueredo and he's going to get stopped like he did the last time. And it's a great point because again, you got to think Figueredo can, can get some 10 eights out there with his hands, right? With his power. If he can't get a full stoppage of Moreno early by, by uh, TKO or KO. But again, those would be the two pathways to victory that we see. So if you, if you really like Figueredo, right, you could actually get much better numbers than just plus 155, and you could bet either or, right? Plus 400, plus 450, take a shot on either one. If one of those comes home and he wins, you're going to win more than you would at the plus 155, barring a submission, which, again, is the longest odds on the board here for the challenger, a plus 900. To Moreno's side here, look, it's, it's such a great story. The first Mexican champion, Mexican-born champion here in the UFC. We, we saw the emotion from him pour out, uh, literally crying uh, with Joe Rogan as he's getting that belt placed around his waist here. Do you worry that assassin baby maybe now goes, all right, now I've arrived. Cause he's always been the hungry kid. He's always been the guy, even on the ultimate fighter that nobody ever took seriously. And now you look at him as the champion in this weight class. Is there any danger in your eyes, Jordan, that now all of a sudden the moment gets to him and he goes, Oh, I wasn't expected to be here. Now people expect more things out of me. Well, I mean, I think that he was, he was certainly a different fighter. Uh, a couple of years back, but I just alluded to it. I mean, the UFC was showcasing him in a main event five round fight in his hometown uh, against Sergio Pettis. And we know how good Sergio Pettis is, mm -hmm. obviously what he just did in Bellator a couple of weeks back. But Brandon Moreno thought he was going to like win that fight and win it just showing up. And Sergio Pettis had a lot, uh, had other plans. So yeah, the pressure of the spotlight is on Brandon Moreno. I'm sure he understands, or at least his management understands the opportunity that exists for him now as being that first Mexican born champion in the UFC. And the fact that people aren't paying attention to boxing like they did in Mexico years ago, they're now paying attention to the UFC. And this guy could be a huge star for the country, uh, you know, for Latin America, et cetera. So yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be hard pressed to believe that there's a little bit of added pressure that Brandon Moreno, he's going to have to take care of business, show up and have his game face on. And maybe he can't handle the spotlight like he showcased a couple years back in that fight against Sergio Pettis. Let's take a first look at the over-under here in the total rounds. And the over right now, uh, slightly juiced at 3.5 at minus 125. The under 3.5 at minus 105. This gets to fight script here, Jordan, and what we think we might see. And again, you got to think Figueredo. We know the gas tank 
can be slightly suspect, although it didn't show itself the first time. It did the second time around for these guys. Moreno, there's no question, right? That, that cardio seems to go for days and weeks and months and years. Uh, which way initially uh, would you lean? Again, juice to the over at minus 25 for over three and a half. Yeah, I'm going to go for the under. I just think that there's going to, I think there is going to be a finish. I either think that Figueredo is going to, you know, to come out and, and, and end it like he does in devastating fashion early, or he's going to, he's going to be gassed and, and around and a half in Moreno is going to be able to cruise and find that, find that, you know, path to victory most likely via submission. And look, it's not, it's, it's, it's not, you know, naive to think that again, what 17 of the 20 wins for Figueredo via finish and 14 of 19 wins for, for Brandon Moreno. Uh, have come by finish. So both of these guys are finishers. Both of these guys can do it a multitude of ways. Uh, probably Figueroa more so on the knockout side of things with mm-hmm. his hands, as you alluded to. But Moreno, well versed and, and and can do it either way. So yeah, I would probably lean towards the under. I don't think we're going to get five rounds like we did uh, in that first fight that they had. <laughs> it's actually because you know you think of Moreno and, and Figueroa, those guys aren't going to feel each other out. They've been in there with each other for what about you know eight eight rounds of octagon time. They know each other well. There's going to be no feeling out process. They're going to be going after it like they always do. So right now, better value in the under at minus 105. Uh, you know, we got Nurmagomedov on the card here, Jordan. No, 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 no. Not that Nurmagomedov. <laughs> no, don't, don't tease anybody like that. <laughs> but we do have Saeed Nurmagomedov against Cody, uh, Cody Stammen in this one. Uh, interesting here, Sam Stammen right now, the underdog at plus 155. Nurmagomedov, of course, when you come uh, from that school and from that circle of fighters, Minus 180. What do you make of of this fight here? It could be a really a, a firefight, I would think, uh, in the lower weight class. I, I think. I, I mean, I think Nurmagomedov wins this fight and wins it kind of convincingly, uh, you know, in, in, via unanimous decision. I just think that like they're both going to bring that skill set of, of of kickboxing to try and establish that, and then you know rely back on the grappling and the wrestling. Nurmagomedov's going to have the longer reach in the fight. Mm-hmm. He's going to have. I think the more, more, more skill set from a grappling standpoint. So right now I'm staying away because I don't, I don't, the $2 that I'm going to have to lay for Nurmagomedov probably not worth it. If a little bit of money comes in on, on Stamen, then I'll, then I'll, then I'll definitely play Nurmagomedov. Nurmagomedov via decision, probably the best bet that I would recommend here uh, early on in the week. But I, I just don't think Cody Stamen's going to, going to win this fight. I just think he struggles with these type of fighters, these type of guys that could match skill set for skill set just a little bit better. Uh, in the stand-up, like we saw with Jimmy Rivera in that mm-hmm. fight, so yeah, I, I think it's Nurmagomedov's fight to lose, and, and I think he doesn't have uh, a hiccup like he did a couple of fights ago um, when he lost to I think it was uh, Hani uh, Barcelos, who's also featured on this card. Uh, so I think Nurmagomedov wins and wins it pretty handily. Yeah, and that's the thing, and we saw it Saturday night here at UFC Apex where you had a, a guy that was just constantly Calvin Cater was constantly. Uh, in Giga's face, right? And you're going to see that against with Saeed Nurmagomedov against Cody. He's going to be right pressuring Stammen the whole way from the onset in three-round fight. So you can understand why at 14-2, and two, he's the favorite here at minus 180. Uh, Jordan, very quickly as we wrap up our first look here on fir- our first strike, first look, is there any other fight that really you're gravitating to maybe in the undercard or prelims that really catches your eye here? Well, I, I jumped on it already. Uh, Rodolfo Vieira and Wellington uh, Terman. Vera, like, you know, shocked a couple of people because of his, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu acumen. And then he got submitted by Anthony Hernandez because he, he gassed in that fight. Nobody expected that. But right now you can fetch a prop for Vera to win via submission. I think at like plus 375, plus 400 range. And Terman, who is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, never been submitted before, but he has been finished. 
I think Vera is going to go back to showcasing why he's in the UFC, why he's, you know, a top, you know, grab or top submission ace. Uh, and I'm going to throw a prop down that he gets the finish, you know, in, inside the distance via submission uh, against Wellington tournament. All right. So eight and one for Adolfo Vera right now. Uh, favorite minus 225 here at BetMGM. Uh, comeback on Terman would be plus 185 for the underdog. Hey, Jordan, really appreciate the time as always, my friend. Always love catching up with you. Follow him on Twitter as I do, people, at Wood on 1063. And uh, Jordan, we'll see you on First Strike on Friday, my friend. All right, Dave. Thanks again for having me. Looking forward to it. All right, there it is, people. Jordan Sherwood, ESPN Chicago. This is First Strike, First Look. We'll see you on Friday ahead of UFC 270 in Ghana against Ghana. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.